This podcast contains graphic and explicit content, as well as all of the spoilers a movie has to offer. Listener discretion is advised. Hi friends! Welcome back to So Here's the Problem With That, where we watch every sci-fi movie ever made and tell you what's wrong with their sci and their fi. My name is Emily, and I'm a movie fan. And my name is Neil, and I'm a PhD candidate in high-energy experiment. Neil, how are you? I'm honestly a little exhausted, but I'm excited to be here recording this podcast. I'm glad we're back. Yeah, me too. took a little bit of a break. A little bit. Okay, so Interstellar. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Interstellar, we had not like a disagreement, but different interpretations of how Plan B in Interstellar should have worked. Okay. Yours was probably correct, but mine, mine was frightening, <laughs> but unfortunately, horrifying. I believe it is what they are implying. Yeah, dislike, two thumbs way, way down. Uh, same, same. Um, but when they were talking about it, the way that I interpreted it was based on a very specific movie, which I think we brought up at the time, and which I did ask if it was okay if we watched for our next film oh. to cleanse the palate yeah. a little bit. So, Neil, uh-huh, uh-huh, can you please uh-huh. tell the fine folks at home what movie we will be watching here to cleanse said repopulation of an entire planet palate? Yes. Uh, folks, this week we are watching Titan A.E. Oh, shit! One of my favorite animated films from my childhood, yes. of which there are surprisingly many. Yes, there's, I mean, it's kind of what childhood's all about. Uh, we, yeah, you know, I, huh. Right. A lot of, lot of animated stuff out there. Anyway. <laughs> it's good. Can you do me a favor? Can you tell the folks a little bit about the plot? Yes. All right. So, 1,000 years from now, aliens destroy Earth in fear of the Titan Project. Some humans escape, becoming a downtrodden diaspora, living in impoverished settlements. The mysterious Titan spacecraft also escapes, and its inventor has hidden it before dying. A spacecraft captain and its pilot, Corso and Akima, two humans, seek out Kale, the youthful son of the dead scientist, and explain that he must help them find the Titan, which holds a mechanism to unite and save humanity. Kale refuses. What? But the arrival of the killer aliens, the Dredge, persuades him to join Corso. Can he avoid his pursuers? No friend from foe. Find the Titan and embrace his humanity, a nature he has despised until now. I'm so excited i'm stoked i must have watched this movie at least a dozen times as a kid like from when it came out in 2000 which we're about to get to until i don't know 2005 at least a dozen times so what were you doing in 2000 (laughs) i was kicking around kicking around to the year 2000 i was 10 years old so i was in fifth grade okay ish so this would have been like peak absolute peak like this just came out you're really enjoying this shit ready yeah 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 all right so this movie meant a lot to me honestly kind of jealous that you got to live through like the like peak disney movies being released regularly period literally like and not like they are now where it's all a hit or miss with a quote-unquote live action ones yeah also like like, banger after banger after banger oh yeah of like just really good animated kids films yes like 
like the Lion King. Classic. Uh, Prince of Egypt. Not Disney, but yes. DreamWorks. DreamWorks? Yeah. Fuck me silly. I did see that one in the theaters, though. I got the tickets for Christmas from my uncle. Oh, that's cool. Yep. Uh, what else? Uh, I guess uh, the, the Black Cauldron would have been a little before your time. That was the late 80s and a fucking nightmare. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> one of my, one of my favorites growing up, actually. What is wrong with you? What? Uh, yeah, I like watched. How? Yeah, because I, I think the first time that I watched it, I was hanging out at my aunt's house and I, I just like, I was like, what the hell is this movie? I've never seen this before. Put it on and I was like. Holy shit, that was a hell of a ride. It's the scariest movie I think I've ever seen. Turns out I really like just like weird animated thrillers like that. Oh, man. Yeah. That explains a lot that you like the Black Cauldron. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was more of a um, the princess and the goblin. I don't know if I've seen that one. It's cute. I I hope. Oh, God. I'm just so gun shy saying that things from my childhood are good. Uh Uh I'm so gun shy. You should be. After Armageddon. If if you have not listened to those episodes, can't recommend it highly enough. You get to listen to me have a breakdown. It's a wild ride. It sure is. But this, Titan AE, one of our absolute favorite movies for both of us. I'm super fucking stoked. It was released June 16th in the year 2000 and runs one hour and 34 minutes. Rated PG for action violence. I assume it's action, comma, violence. Who knows? There's no way to know. Mild sensuality and brief language. Okay, so Neil. Yes. In the minisode, I asked you to read one tagline. And then we agreed what? that it was one of the worst taglines ever. It is. Can you read potentially all of the rest of the taglines I found, which are okay. equally okay. bad? Okay. Okay. Folks at home, <laughs> I want you to understand that normally a movie has at most two taglines. Apparently this one has six. Yeah. What is okay? So and none of them make sense. None of them make sense. All right. So the first one, saving the galaxy one planet at a time, makes absolutely no sense. Nope. They don't do that. That's nope. not what they're doing. They absolutely did not do that. Fifteen years after Earth, humanity's last hope is Titan AE. That's just a statement of fact. That's, that's not. Uh... That's not really like a teaser or like a a thing. That's just the truth. Yeah. Yeah. It's hardly a tagline. The next one's almost a tagline. Oh, the next one says, get ready for the human race. I kind of like that. That's probably the strongest one of the bunch. I, I guess. It's better than. Honestly, I like the next one better, though. The next one is prepare for life after Earth. You don't have to prepare. They're already living it. You're preparing for the next Earth. That's what you're preparing for. I don't know if I would... I mean, I guess they're living. I don't know if I would get like really go ahead and say that they're having a life. No, but the, they're preparing for the next Earth. Okay. Yeah. Oh, but, this next one? Kind of problematic, actually. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. Uh, when Earth ends, the adventure begins. Yeah. I mean, Folks, it also killed... How many billions of people? Oh, at least five. Oh, yeah. At Maybe least. even seven. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that one, that one, kind of fun, kind of problematic. Yeah. But the next one isn't all, it's, it's again, it's not a tagline. It's but. just kind of a comment on the status of the film, which is the next generation in filmed animation. Yeah. Which is interesting to me because I wonder if this was like an early 
like an early Disney movie where they actually had the idea of cameras in the animation itself. Okay, so we're going to get to this, but I'm going to tell you right now, it's not a Disney movie. It is Fox. Same company who did um, Anastasia. Oh! Right? Okay. So, genre tags. I animation. thought this was Disney. No, absolutely not. Not only... Okay, again, we're going to get to it, but I'm going to tell you right now again. Not only was it Fox. This is the... Fox Animation, specifically. Yep, yep, This is yep. the movie that closed Fox Animation. They closed during the making of this film. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Oh, the head of Fox Studios lost his job because of this film. <laughs> What? I'm going to tell you right now, the numbers game is going to fuck your day up. Oh, that's going to make me so sad. This is such a good movie. I know. This, oh my God, I've just, okay, so I've just seen who the director of this movie is. It answers so many questions. Okay, before we get there, no, 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 go back up, go back up, go back up. We didn't do the genre tags. Oh, sorry. Genre tags is animation, action, adventure, family, and sci-fi. Not a family movie. A family could sit down well, yeah, yeah, and watch yeah, this yeah, yeah. together. A family could wa- sit down and watch this together, and certainly mine did, but it is not the kind of movie that I'm like, that's a family movie. I would not lump this in with The Little Mermaid. No, this is like, like Stuart Little is a family movie. It's a weird fucking movie. It's a weird fucking movie. Don't question who Stuart Little is or read the books about him. It's frightening. But, okay, so... This film, you guys, was directed by Don Bluth and Gary Goldman. If you do not know those names, absolutely look them up. They are some of the oh, absolute go. best, like, dark animation from the late 80s, early 90s um, directors out there. Like, Don Bluth has made The Secret of Nim, An American Tale, uh, The Land Before Time, all dogs go to heaven. Rockadoodle. Have you seen Rockadoodle? I can't remember. It's delightful. It's dark. It's scary. And I love it. Now, here's a question. Yes. All of these movies. Including Thumbelina, A Troll in Central Park, Anastasia, and Bartok the Magnificent. As well as, uh, by Don Bluth specifically, The Secrets of Nim. Yeah. Horrifying movie. Oh, it's so good though. Uh, an American Tale, which is a story about Fifel the mouse yep. and like exploring the underground subway system in New York. Cool as hell. So cool. One of my favorite movies. Absolutely terrifying though. Uh, yeah. Also, probably in retrospect, maybe a little problematic. I'm fairly certain that they play on some Jewish tropes that are probably oh. no longer acceptable oh. to play on. The Children's Theater is actually doing an American Tale next summer. Oh, interesting. I'm, I'm trying to get my entire family to go. I'm very excited. Yeah. About it. Yeah. All of these movies, okay, scream Fern Gully to me. Ah, uh, Fern Gully is in here somewhere. It's coming up. I know Fern Gully it's, was on, okay. on this list. It's on the list. So, somewhere, somewhere, someone. In one of these several lists, Fern Gully is, is written down here. Excellent. I love that movie. I, I also very much so loved that movie oh, growing it's up. So Wow, what a trip down animated memory lane. If Truly, any Don Bluth film, folks at home, watch it. I don't even care. You have to watch it. Titan AUE was his last big film. His last big film? Yes. So he's done... Was it actually a big film? I mean, the budget was huge. The budget was big. Okay. And it was a wide release. All right. So there's that. But, yeah, it's... um, Yeah, this movie fucked a lot of people over, which... 
breaks my heart. Big bummer. Um, but yeah, absolutely love Don Bluth, and he worked with Gary Goldman on the majority of his films. So they are they are hand in hand, and they are working on a new video game actually. Oh, um, part three of a video game series that they've been working on oh, since the 80s i should have written down what it's called but i don't Is remember it portal 3 no that'd be great though wouldn't it uh, so this was the the story was written by hans bauer and randall mccormick hans bauer also was the writer on anaconda komodo and anaconda's the hunt for the blood orchid which sounded delightful he seems to have a thing for uh snakes yeah, well, yeah, and, and Big, scales. Big, ones. Scales. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because Komodo's not a snake. No, it's not. It's That's, a dragon. It's a dragon. Absolutely. Fire yeah. everything and everything. Mm, well. <laughs> Randall McCormick wrote Neil. Uh-huh. Neil. Uh-huh. Randall McCormick uh-huh. has written some of the greatest movies of all time, including, but sure? not limited to, Speed 2, Cruise Control, The Scorpion King 2, Rise of Warrior, Blue Crush 2, and... The Scorpion King 3, Battle for Redemption. I have seen none of those movies. I also have seen none of those movies. I didn't know they had a Blue Crush 2. I'm surprised you haven't seen any of those. I saw the first um, Scorpion King. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. Haven't seen... They've got, like, there's six Scorpion King movies. That's too many. It's too many. I can't keep up. And uh, I'm tired. I got shit to do. You know, I respect Um, that. The actual script was written by Ben Edlund. Who wrote The Tick? Do you know The Tick? I've heard of it. Dude, The Tick is a classic. So there was a Tick show back in the 80s. There was a cartoon in the 90s. And then in within the last five, six years, I think it was on Amazon, they did a remake of The Tick live action show. And it's great. Okay. Highly recommend super goofy superheroes being funny. It's really great. Highly recommend. Um, He also wrote a lot on... Uh, uh, Firefly. Perfect show. No notes. No notes. Love that note. Except for Joss Whedon. Several notes. But the show itself. Well, okay. Joss Whedon. Several notes. The show itself. Excellent. The movie. Also pretty good. Love Serenity. Um, He also wrote on Angel and the Venture Bros, which I think I've told you about. You have to watch. I have seen every episode of the Venture Bros at least three times. Literally no notes. We're rewatching it right now. I... Love that show so much. Yes. It's so good. It's so good. If you, it's on Hulu, you guys, go watch The Venture Bros. Okay, it's so this so next one, Dr. Horrible. Dr. Horrible Sing Along Blog. Okay, I was wondering yes. if it was Dr. Horrible Sing Along Blog. Well, okay, yeah. yeah. But Dr. Horrible Sing Along Blog, again, no fucking notes. No notes. Absolutely love that show. Perfect. It's movie, uh, short, short film. film. Yeah. Short film. So good. And then he also wrote on a bunch of supernatural stuff. Um, This cast is fucking ridiculous this cast is too much i will say there's too much good stuff in this cast starring matt damon we which also in interstellar also in interstellar yeah he's very young in this movie actually oh my god he's a baby um so he starts his first real big thing was goodwill hunting he was in a bunch of kevin smith movies including chasing amy and dogma and jay and silent bob and i love those movies so i put them in yep um obviously saving private ryan the ocean's 11 films yep he was the voice of Spirit in Spirit, the Stalin of the Cimarron. I did, in fact, know this. I did not because know that. one of my one of one of my friends is obsessed. Obsessed She's with trying, Spirit. She invited Stallion me the over to see that when I told her I hadn't seen it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm, I think we're gonna do it. Uh, the Born Identity Euro Trip. Scotty doesn't know. Perfect song. Okay. Scotty doesn't know. Scotty, no, no, no. Oh my God, you have to see Euro Trip. 
Okay. Neil! I will, I look. I'm a young man. You got shit to I do. I got shit to do. Um, so the Brothers Grimm, also really great. That was when I was in high school and I absolutely loved it. He had a super cute turn in 30 Rock. Yeah. Uh, Contagion, fucked up movie. Very, yeah. very good, but yeah. super fucked up. He played uh, opposite Michael Douglas in Behind the Candelabra, which is a biopic about Liberace. Got it. Um, I heard Lou and I was like, I don't know any of you. No, like... that's fair. Um, so he, so the sci-fi movies he did all in a row, Elysium, 2013, Interstellar, 2014, The Martian, 2015. He was also in the Thor series as, uh, he plays the actor playing Loki in, uh, shows that are performed. Oh, that's amazing. Right? Okay, Drew Barrymore, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, obviously, f- first big role was E.T. Have you ever seen E.T.? I have, but it's been maybe a celestial minute since I've seen E.T. And I'm going to keep it that way. I mean, until it comes up on the list. No. Yeah. No. Yep. No. Yep. No. Okay. <laughs> Dear God, please no why. Well, no, you're right. I don't even know if it is on the list because it doesn't have any. It's science. literally just magic. It's just fantasy. Like they, like they don't even pretend that it's science. They're literally just like that's fair. Alien doing magic. All right, I'll check the list. If it's on there, I'll take it off. Begrudgingly, I act like I like this movie. I honestly don't like this movie. It scared the poop out of me when I was a child. What? It was very scary. Come, the friggin' what? the fed, feds getting him and bring him to the lighty uppy tent thing. Okay. Very scary. Okay. Absolutely I guess traumatizing. Maybe the equivalent movie for me then would not have been E.T. because I think I was like too young to understand what was going on in the movie. That they're trying to murder him. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think the um, the equivalent movie for me would have been. Um, is it? No, what's the what is it? Short Circuit? Short Circuit? Yeah. The number five is alive. Short Someone else was just circuit. telling me about number five is alive. Yeah, Short Circuit. 1986 sci-fi comedy. I do not like that. No, that you looks... shouldn't. The robot in this film, folks, looks so out of proportion and disturbing that it's it's very troubling. It but... looks like if Wally was strung out. Well, okay. Honestly, not terribly far off from the plot of the movie. It's like <laughs> the government develops these battle droids, these like battle robots that they equip with all kinds of like military weapons and shit. And then one of them becomes sentient and just starts fucking running around causing a ruckus. Nah. Not like, not like killing people. Like it's a very cute robot. Yeah. Like it's trying to, it's trying to, trying to escape being killed by the government. He's not trying to start a nuclear war. Exactly. Yeah. Like the fucking Iron Giant. I was about to say, is the Iron Giant on our list? I don't think it is. That'd be kind of a fun one to do. It would be a little bit of a stretch. Yeah. It doesn't take place in space. Bonus content? Bonus content. All right, everybody. If you want bonus content, you got to tell your friends to listen to this podcast. Let us know. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so but back to Drew Barrymore. So yeah. her first real movie was E.T. Yep. She was in a made-for-TV movie that I saw a lot as a child for some reason called Babes in Toyland. Super fucked up. Is this the movie where the guy 
is like a toy company exec and I then gets so. made young. Like he like wishes on like a Zoltar machine or some shit and he becomes really young. And then he has all these fucking amazing ideas for toys that people are, are you like. you thinking about the movie Big? I am. Okay. <laughs> and the, that's a child who wishes to be big and he becomes a toy exec. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't think that's Babes in Toyland. I could be wrong. I remember it, them being obsessed with the fact that they're from Cincinnati. Does that I've never seen Babes in Toyland. I, then. I don't recommend it. So that's fine. Okay. Cool. Um, but she was one of her first like adult, uh, quote unquote. I don't like, I don't like this. There's some hard quotes going on here, folks. I really don't like what you're doing right now because it really <laughs> makes it seem like you're claiming that she starred in an adult film. She did not start an adult film. She starred in a film as an adult. Because prior to this, she was a child, obviously, in Batman Forever. She played Angel, the uh, good girlfriend, or the girlfriend of the good side of Two-Face. And I don't remember who the actress is who played the girlfriend of the bad side, but he had two girlfriends. One was good for his Harvey Dent side, and one was bad for his Two-Face side. Yeah. And that was her, and she was cute, and I loved her. I love. Look at me. Yeah. I love those Batman movies. Yeah, they're very good. They are not good. No. They are terrible. They're, no, no, they're, they're they very are good. So much fun. Yeah, there's that's what makes them good. Ugh. Like they're they're just kind of goofy. Yeah. They're so goofy. But at least it's not Jared Leto as the Joker, you know what I'm saying? Ugh, bless. Oh my god, this fucking man. Anyway, so after Batman Forever, she had a couple other movies, none of which I saw, so I didn't keep them on the list. But then her career, quote unquote, died and scream i know that was the face i made scream was her big comeback they're like oh wow drew barrymore i forgot you were alive i don't fucking know um but after that she just had banger after banger after banger the wedding singer ever after never been kissed super problematic but that was a big part of my high school career oh. um charlie's angels oh my god i love the charlie especially the original charlie's angels movie so good it's so good um, did you know she was in Donnie Darko? Because I did absolutely not. forgot that. I have not seen Donnie Darko. It's on my list of movies to see. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to hit right since okay. you're not an emo 12-year-old. That's fair. Give it a shot. See what you think. I, I would keep your expectations pretty low on that one. All right. Um, and then Fifty First Dates was another Adam Sandler one that I actually really enjoyed, but people shit on, but I liked it. Um, but yeah, Drew Barrymore. She's a class act. She has her own TV show now. It's pretty cute. Nice. Okay, moving on. We've got Bill Pullman. Fucking Bill Pullman. Greatest president America's ever had. Bill Pullman. His second movie, Spaceballs. It's, <laughs> I was telling you this earlier, but the fact that my husband still married me after he knew my feelings about Spaceballs, it's a miracle. Haven't actually seen it. Only seen, like, clips and memes, yeah. and I was told recently... That even under the influence of a great deal of drugs, the movie does not stand up to what people thought about it as as children. Oh, yeah. So I, will I tell don't you, think I'm ever going to watch it. I will tell you exactly what I told him and why he almost left me. It's fine. Oh, yeah. It yeah. is absolutely fine. Yeah, you know, I had a, a, I had an ex who I think actually left me for saying that about their favorite t oh, TV show. What TV show? Uh, Doctor Who. It's fine. Yeah, I was like, it's it's fine. I like Doctor Who. It's fine. Uh, but yeah, so Spaceballs was his second film. And it, 
however I feel about it, it is a classic. Like, all the Mel Brooks movies really are classics. Oh, It's I... nowhere near um, Blazing Saddles. Well, yeah. It does was... not touch Blazing Saddles. I was going to say, I just watched Blazing Saddles and uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights Both this last weekend. Both pristine films. Oh, I forgot how good they were. And I watched Blazing Saddles with a friend of mine who had never seen <gasps> it before. What did they think? Oh, he was like, it's... Like a masterpiece. I can't it believe is, I'd never seen this before. It is absolutely a masterpiece. Yeah. I love that movie it so much. It's fantastic. Um, he also was in the movie Newsies, which is now a Broadway show, but originally it was just a Disney Channel original. It wasn't a Disney Channel original movie, but it was a Disney original musical directed by the same guy who directed um, all the high school musicals. Can't think of it. Kenny something. Kenny Ortega. Um, it's cute. Okay. It's got Christian Bale singing and dancing like a cowboy. It's cute. Okay. Ah, it's a good Sunday afternoon. Sure. What else? Oh, A League of Their Own. Never seen it, but there is a new TV show. Uh, not a remake, but like a continuation of the story. Yeah. Which people seem to like. I've never seen it, but I know it's a classic. Um, uh, one of my mom's favorite movies when I was growing up was While You Were Sleeping. Mm-hmm. Looking back on it, super problematic. Kind of fucked up. He plays... Um, I can't remember if he plays, yeah, he plays the brother of a man who, like, passed out on the railroad tracks or something, and Sandra Bullock saved him. He had a concussion. She told his, this passed out man's family that she was his fiance, and the whole family was like, oh, you're getting married, and he has amnesia. He doesn't know that they, that they don't know each other. Classic. Then she falls in love with Bill Pullman. I mean, look at his face. You can't not, right? I, well, now I gotta go look Now you gotta go face. look at his face. He's a cutie patootie. I enjoy him greatly. Bill Pullman. Yeah, all right. Right? He's a cutie patootie. Yeah, he's all right. Um, Truly, though, like, I first really knew him from Casper. He was the dad in Casper. Oh, right? that makes sense. He's, I love that movie so much. Um, but as I said, when I started talking about Bill Pullman, he is the greatest president we have ever had because he played the president in the classic 1996 Independence Day, which never had a sequel. It's a damn shame. Good shit. And he has the greatest speech that has ever been given by a president. And, uh, one of my favorite uh, podcasts is the NPR politics podcast. Okay. Every July 4th, they roundtable recite his speech from Independence Day. It's one of my favorite things. That's great. Right. Um, he's been in a handful of other movies that I don't really care about. And that's fine. Scary movie four. Not one of those. I absolutely love that movie. Highly recommend if you haven't seen it. Um, Torchwood. We were talking about Doctor Who. He was in oh, the spinoff yeah, yeah, show yeah. Torchwood, which yeah, yeah. I did not know. Um, and finally, uh, Bottle Shock. Bottle Shock is a very small film that not a lot of people have seen, but fucking everyone is in it. And it's so good. If you like wine or if you like movies about food and wine, like it's about he plays a uh, uh, he owns a vineyard and he makes this bottle of chardonnay that is entered into a competition pitting american wine against french wine back in Mm. the 70s and it's a real competition that happened because everyone was like oh french wine is so much better so they had a blind taste test is this the is this one of the like one of the things where people were like 
hey, wine in California and wine in France, indistinguishable. Basically. Yeah. Yes. And it's it's a really, really, really well-made movie. Nice. And Chris Pine is in it, and Alan Rickman is in it, and fucking How Bill Pullman. How old is Chris Pine in that movie? He's a baby. Like, I don't know, 20 something? I fucking if I know. All I'm, right. I'm not going to look it up. Um, Bill Pullman's great. Everyone loves him. Moving on to John Leguizamo. Okay. Character actor, absolutely been in everything. Um, in cl- his first film was uh, Die Hard 2, which I didn't know, but that tickled me greatly. That's Carlito's excellent. Way, right? Carlito's yep. Way is a, a very, it's another classic. I have not seen it. I cannot speak to it, but I recognize that name. So it went on the list. My personal favorite of any of his films, another film I grew up on that no one else has fucking seen, is Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. It is the American remake of the Australian classic uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, where John Leguizamo, Wesley Snipes, and Patrick Swayze play three drag queens in a cross-country road trip, and they get stuck in a small town. It's a perfect movie. I feel like you've talked about this movie before. positive I have talked about this movie before. It's a perfect movie. John Leguizamo is the most beautiful woman I have ever seen. Wow. Beautiful. I'm going to watch this That's movie tonight. Excellent. I love this movie so much. Um, cannot recommend highly enough. To Wong Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. At following that was Romeo plus Juliet, the Baz Luhrmann, I'm going to call it a classic. Is that it the 1996 with uh, Leonardo, DiCaprio? Leonardo DiCaprio? That's the yeah. one he played. Mm, nope, don't remember. Doesn't matter. Tybalt, I want to say. Um, he was in an episode of All That. Did you know that? I don't even know what All That is. All That, the Nickelodeon sketch comedy show? I think that was a little before my time. Oh, that breaks my heart. Or it was on Nick at Night and I didn't watch it. Probably just before your time because it was prime my childhood. And that's how, that's where Keenan came from. From all that, Keenan Thompson got uh, uh, Keenan and Kel, another perfect show, no notes. And then from there he went on to um, SNL. And he's the longest running SNL member of all time. Fun fact. John Leguizano? No, no, Keenan Thompson. Oh, yeah. Keenan okay. Thompson. <laughs> no, that'd be impressive if he was, though. Yeah, I was like, what? That doesn't um, make any sense. He did. Have you ever heard of a comic book called Spawn? No. Highly recommend. There is an animated uh, show based on it, and there's a live action, t- live action movie that um, John Leguizamo plays a demonic uh, clown. Oh, and I don't like that. Oh, it's good, though. I mean, it's bad, but it's so good. Okay. All right. right. Um, Did you ever see Black Dynamite? I've seen the Adult Swim animated Black Dynamite. I would highly recommend seeing the movie. It's so funny. And the guy who plays Black Dynamite plays Spawn. That's real good. Anyway, everyone go see Spawn. It's wonderful. He was the rat in Dr. Doolittle, which I absolutely forgot. I love Dr. Doolittle as a child. Um, I just saw Moulin Rouge from top to bottom for the very first time, like two weeks ago. He was, um, nope, don't remember his character name, but he was in that. Okay. And he was delightful. Um, he plays Sid in all of the Ice Age movies and all of the Ice Age video games. And he's done Sid a thousand times. Yep. Um, do you remember how bad the happening was? Cause he does. Cause he was in it. Uh, gamer also very bad, but I really enjoyed it. That was, um... Gerard Butler, his he's a convict, and all the convicts are in this kind of uh, cornered-off section of a city, and their body's controlled by video game players. 
who Yikes. are basically, and then they have to shoot other real people. And... That's really distressing. Actually. Oh, it's super fucked up. I don't think I'll watch that. That's fine. You're not missing anything. Um, he was in the John Wick movies as a bit character. Um, there is a podcast called Batman the Audio Adventures, and he plays the Riddler, which I didn't know oh. this existed. I'm going to find this. That's amazing. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And then in classic, in classic fashion, we don't talk about Bruno. We don't. So we can't mention who John Leguizamo plays in no, the no, movie no. Encanto. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So we're just going to leave it there. We're just going to leave it there. Yep. Nathan Lane. Uh-huh. One of our great uh, actors of the stage. He started out in a movie called Joe vs. the Volcano. Have you ever seen I it? I have seen Joe vs. the Volcano. Cool. And let me tell you, I was not ready for it. No? Nope. I don't know that I've ever seen it, actually. I was... I was too young to appreciate the scope of it, and mm. it kind of just gave me a lot of anxiety. Wow. Yeah. I need to see this. It's good. Yeah. It's very good. Um, he was also- uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a woman in the movie who plays three separate characters. Are you serious? Yeah. In Joe vs. the Volcano? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's good. Is that baby Tom Hanks too, right? Yeah, it does. Ugh. Um, he was also in The Adams Family Values, the second one. Yep. Very funny. Highly recommend. Obviously, he played Timon in The Lion King. The Lion All King. of the Lion King stuff he's done. Yep. Um, the Birdcage, have you ever seen that? No, I haven't. Super cute. Slightly problematic, but- Still enjoyable. I think it holds up. Okay. Especially for his performance. Him right. and um, Robin Williams and Hank Azaria. The three of them really make up for a lot of the shortcomings of that film. Nice. I really enjoy it. I think. Okay. Give it a shot. Um, I watched Mouse Hunt a lot. No one else has ever heard this movie. Oh. No one's heard of Mouse Hunt? Except for you, apparently. Oh my God. They, I, the Okay. Folks, if you haven't heard of Mouse Hunt, it's an absolutely fantastic movie. The premise of the movie is that these two fucking sideways-ass criminal guys, mm -hmm. like, buy an old abandoned house in a cheese factory, and th there's a mouse that lives in the abandoned house and just absolutely wrecks these fools. It's so oh, great. Oh, it's so perfect. It's kind of like Home Alone with a mouse. Yeah, it's like Home Alone, but you, like, you don't have to worry about the fact that like there is a child who is slowly becoming a psychotic absolute nightmare psychopath. yeah yeah it's a mouse yeah it's a mouse yeah, who, totally who actually doesn't like actively harm any of these people no they effectively harm themselves in some very slapstick uh three stooges style comedy it's super cute and i really liked it and he was one of the uh sideways criminals yeah yeah, yeah. he's it's great good. it's good um, he also played Snowbell, the white cat, in Stuart Little, which we mentioned earlier. Ah. Um, I don't like that movie. I should, and I don't. No. I like. You shouldn't like. I like Hugh Laurie. I love yeah, Hugh Laurie. Yeah, me too. I, but I, I Stuart like Little is Fox. distressing. Yeah. No, it's not great. Um, Kenneth Branagh did a series of Shakespeare films, and he was in one of them called Love's Labor Lost. And apparently it was very, very good. This is one of the few that I haven't seen. I've seen like all of his other ones. So now I have homework to do and I'm really broken up about that. Hmm. I'm not. I'm very excited. Ah, actually. I was going to say. Um, bop, 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 bop. Oh, the producers. Okay. So I mentioned he was on stage. So yep. he's a huge Broadway guy. And yeah. he, uh, I want to say he originated the role of Max Bialystok on Broadway. And then they made a film version. It was him and it was um, 
Matthew Broderick. Okay. And they made a, made a film version. And it's these two guys back together again. Uma Thurman's in it. Will Ferrell's in it. Whoa. Um, it's so cute. It's like a classic Broadway show. Like nice. it's it's great. Highly recommend the producers. Um uh, also fun based fact. Oh, yeah. Also based on Mel Brooks. Oh. Mel Brooks nice. wrote the 1960s original film yeah, that yeah. the musical was based on, nice. and then they made a movie off the musical. Continue. One of the few facts that I know about Nathan Lane is that he also, I believe, starred in the comedy drama The Man Who Came to Dinner. And the only reason I know this is because we put on this play in high school and we watched the actual, like... Broadway production of the oh, show. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was good. Nice. I don't know what that story's about. It's about a guy who shows up for dinner and then never leaves. Oh. For a number of reasons. Excellent. Yeah. Ooh, I like your I like your just kind of teaser. Just yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go check it out. Yeah, it's good. It's a great it's a great uh it's a great play and um the Broadway version is fantastic. Awesome. I'm going to go see if I can find that. Um, he was in several episodes of Modern Family, several episodes of Penny Dreadful, The Gilded Age, which is running right now, which has like every Broadway actor ever on yeah. The Gilded Age. Um, and Taylor and I just watched last year, um, the first season of Only Murders in the Building. So good. If you have not watched it, it is so good. He plays one of their neighbors, um, who is a, uh, a former producer of Martin Short's character, who is a Broadway director. It's mm -hmm. a whole thing. He's so good. There is one episode that is basically wordless except for ASL. And oh. he is a main character. That's it's cool. Such a good show. I haven't seen the second season yet, and I absolutely need to. Hell yeah. Okay. We are almost at the end. I super duper promise. Holy buckets. The next one's got a lot of lists. She does. I'm going to try and, and run through just the few that I really enjoyed. Oh. Uh, Janine Garofalo. Yeah. yeah. Am American comedian, uh, uh, actor extraordinaire. She was one of the voices in Kiki's Delivery Service back in the 80s. Love it. Um, the Adventures of Pete and Pete. Remember that show? Nope. Highly recommend. It's adorable. Cool. Um, She's done a bunch of sketch comedy. She was in the movie Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion. Have you ever seen that? No. If you like comedies, just outright hilarious comedies, that is a fucking good comedy. Oh. It is so funny. And they're such characters. Lisa Kudrow's in it. And I can't remember the woman who plays um, the other one. It's so cute. Highly recommend. Okay. I first found Janine Garofalo through Mystery Men. Do you remember that film? Nope. Dude! Mystery Men is so good! What? Okay, so, Mystery Men. Okay. Superheroes are real. Um, nice. There are powered superheroes and there are unpowered superheroes, right? No. Well, there are in this universe. So... Well, okay, how does... What does that mean, though? There... Well, there's, like, a, a Superman-style uh, uh, character. Yeah. And then there's these guys. <laughs> Oh, so the okay. bowler, she plays the bowler and her uh, uh, father had his she put her father's skull into a bowling ball oh, and nice. now it's possessed. And so it can fly around the room and, and do things. They're whack people. Yeah. yeah. And Ma William H. Macy's in it. He plays the digger. Ben Stiller's in it. He's just a guy who gets angry. Um, fuck, this movie's so funny. This 
actually Hank is Azaria ringing surprise. Like it's ringing bells, and I don't know You've probably why. Probably seen a couple clips. I've. I would bet that I've seen clips, but I really don't think I've seen the actual movie. You should. This this is a great Friday night. Like a double feature, uh, one good movie, one bad movie. This is the bad movie. This is so much fun. I nice. love this movie. She was in the music video for Smash Mouth's All Star. Because huh. apparently that fucking classic jam was tied to Mystery Men. She's in it because the bowler is in it. What? All-Star is from Mystery Men? My brain is just... Now, see, what you should have just said is, hey, now. You're an All-Star. Get your game on. And then go play. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, bup, 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 bup. She was in Wet Hot American Summer, which is a classic. It wasn't exactly my thing. I gave it a shot, but... That's fine. She was the voice of the girl in Ratatouille. Oh. Right? The, the like... The angry French lady? Killer French chef mm-hmm, that the mm-hmm. the main male lead falls in love with. That's the one. Yeah. That was her. Um, She was in many episodes of 24, Criminal Minds. And again, I think this should probably be bonus content, but she was in Werewolf a film. bitches from outer space? <laughs> yeah. Holy shit, what a title. Oh, isn't it amazing? I'm going to add it to the list. Anyway, okay, we are down to the final two. I know this is very long, but everyone is so cool. Everyone needs their fucking time in the, in this the is, sun. This is like the, the period of time where like animated, like a lot of like really high class actors really cared about animated film. Yeah. And so you just get like, like, if you go look up, you know, like, Kiki's Delivery Service, yeah. or if you go look up, like, Howl's Moving Castle, <gasps> and, like, the voice actors for the American versions so are just, like, such highly prolific actors Everybody. who are like, this is a cool movie, and I want to be in it. Yep. Well, and especially in, what is this, 1996, a lot of these people are very early in their career. Well, this so, is 2000. 2000, you're right, not 1996. I'm thinking of... Something else. Other movies. Uh, but the year 2000, still relatively early in a lot of people's careers. They're yeah. like in the almost midpoint of their careers. Yep. So they're like, fuck it. Try that. Yeah, Why like not? whatever. Sounds cool. Um, I, I wanted to bring up that Tone Loke is in this film. He's an American rapper. Um, He's very well known for Funky Cold Medina, which I had heard of that song. I had never actually listened to it. So I went and I found this music video. Oh. And when I... Say the word problematic. Oh, uh, yeah. It needs to be in bold and underlined and flashing. It is very problematic. Wow. Because I'm not even going to go into it because it doesn't need repeating. But if you are angry at me for that thought, you should probably go back and listen to it. Yeah. Go watch the music video and and just reevaluate. Fun fact, Medina, Arabic word for city. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's kind of fun. I wonder if... That's definitely not what they were going for. I think they were going for, like, medicinal something or other. It's super fucked up. Anyway, he was also in Fern Gully. That's where it was. I told you that it was in here somewhere. It's right there. Um, He was in Ace Ventura, the original, and Heat, of all fucking movies. Like, one of the greatest um, crime crime boss against the police films of all time. Fucking Tone Loke is in it. Wild. Right? Okay, so... Neil. Yes. The folks at home cannot see my notes, but you can see 
that uh-huh, everyone uh-huh okay okay just everyone to begin with. prior to this has a little number next to their name okay? yeah that's right so matt damon has 93 credits on IMDb. Yep. Drew Barrymore has 80. Yep. Bill Pullman, 99. John Leguizamo, he's a working man. Yeah, That's yeah. 126 credits. Oh, yeah. Our final actor, Jim fucking Cummings, has 591 credits. Neil, have you ever heard the name of Jim Cummings before? Yes, I have. Because he's a fucking institution. Yeah. Uh, because he's literally everywhere. Everywhere. If you ever watched a cartoon show and just happened to catch any of the credits, Jim Cummings' name is always in there. Always. Always. He's literally, he's everything, everywhere, all at once. Bold. Accurate. So we'll start off with some of the heavy hitters for Jim Cummings. He is the official voice of Winnie the Pooh. That's He lit. has been since the 80s. Oh, boy. He's the official voice of the Tasmanian Devil. Of, That's wild. Right? Of Goofy's neighbor Pete. I want to do an impression, but I know I can't do it. But Goofy in, in the Goof Troop and the TV shows and all things, yeah, yeah. his neighbor Pete. Okay. That's the voice. Um, he's the official voice of Tigger, of Darkwing Duck, of Mr. Robotnik, Doctor. and, sorry, Dr. Robotnik, and Cat from Cat Dog. Did oh, you ever watch Cat Dog? I did watch Cat That's Dog. That's a fucked up show. That's a very, it's like, it's like um, Courage the Cowardly Dog mm-hmm. fucked up. Yeah, no, I actually agree with that. Or um, uh, what's the 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 from the same era, but it's like uh, uh, real monsters. No, it's That's like a chicken and a cow. Oh, I, yeah, chicken and cow. Isn't that what it's called? I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, equally fucked up. Super fucked up. I had nightmares about that show for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Um, Jim Cummings is also the singing voice, specifically singing voice of Scar, Chief Pohatan from Pocahontas, and Rasputin. Wow. Right. Um, God, what has he not been in? He was in The uh, Adventures of Gummy Bears, which is super cute and people should go find it. Uh, Tailspin, The Page Master, which I think I told you, super fucked up, still messed me up. Um, he was in Balto. Excellent movie, no notes. Balto? Absolutely. Cannot recommend highly enough. Uh, The Captain Planet show. Um, he's the chief of the guard in Aladdin. That's not how you spell Aladdin. He's the chief of, of the guard in Aladdin, which I did not know has a name. It's Razul. They kept saying, he plays Razul in this. I'm like, who the fuck is Razul? It's the chief of the guards. Um, He was in the animated Mighty Duck show where they're real ducks and they are aliens and they come down to Earth and play. I remember watching that. I loved that show. I watched that show and Gargoyles. They were back to back at my grandma's house. Huh. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. So. Yep. So. My absolute favorite thing I did not know existed. Okay. He was in three, I think, they must be animated, short films released by McDonald's. Oh, no. And one no. of them might need to go on the list. No! It is The Wacky Adventures of Ronald McDonald, oh. The Legend of Grimace Island, and then part two, later that year, uh, Visitors from Outer Space. That was in 1999. Um, no. yeah. And then there was another one. Uh, Ronald McDonald have time will travel in Double 2001. Terrible. Double terrible. So I didn't know that existed and I'm so the happy. The monster I of McDonald land lock. Yes. Part four. Oh, that was 2003. Oh no. I love everything about it. No notes. I have, sp- I have, uh, I'm going to admit something that I hate to admit. 
I have spent an absolutely unreasonable amount of time just talking about the McDonald's extended universe. And it's frightening. How have we never talked about this? Because I don't like talking about it. You clearly know a lot. I didn't know I there do. was an extended there universe. Is. McDonald, Ronald McDonald is dead. What? What? Yeah. They killed him in fucking 2016. Like dead? Yeah, they were. Well, he so he retired and then they like quietly got rid of him. Well, you don't see him anywhere, do you? No, because he's gone. Except for the Ronald McDonald house. Even then, you very rarely see him there because in 2016, there was a... A huge marketing campaign by McDonald's that where they like did a whole study about whether or not Ronald McDonald was still a successful like mascot. He was not. They determined that he was not. Uh, And then on top of that, 2016 was what like one of the years that people started just dressing up as clowns and murdering people or like scaring the shit out of them. And so clowns just got this horrible national rap. Even worse. Even worse than they already were. But people were, like, dressing up as, like, clowns at night and, like, pulling some Purge-style shit. They were all over Wisconsin, I remember. Oh, yeah, it was fucking horrifying. Yeah. Um, And so uh, McDonald's actually used that as a, like, trigger for slowly phasing Ronald McDonald out of everything. (laughs) And he's gone now. Good. Yeah. Good riddance. Dislike. Yeah. I did not know you knew so much about Ronald McDonald. I, yeah. We need to get hammered and talk about this at some oh, point. Oh, boy. Bonus content! I also, may I think, were, we, were you there for it? I Taylor might have been, but I know a distressing amount about Twilight as well. Excellent. I don't know a distressing amount, but I know, like, you the should, surface layer amount. Yeah, you should ask Taylor about my distressing knowledge of Twilight. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Here's the thing, folks. If you want to hear what Neil has to say about either of those, you got to tell your friends to listen to this podcast. We have to get big enough that there is a, a, a fundamental like reason we could start a Patreon. And I'm going to need people to pay me to talk about oh. this because otherwise I don't want to admit <laughs> that I even know it. Well, you already admitted. Well, so. just briefly here. At the and, very beginning no of potentially one many of episodes. <laughs> For those of you who are listening, congratulations. Now you know. You're in at the ground level. You're in at the ground level. <laughs> I love it. Um, there's a whole bunch more of Jim Cummings that I could go over. Those were the big ones. Oh, he was in The Princess and the Frog. Yep. He played the light bug um, Ray. Also, you, you completely left out some very good ones, including Hercules... Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars. But not the original, which blows my mind. Not the original. Buzz Lightyear Star Command. Which I stand firm is the reason we do not need this new Buzz Lightyear. No, it's fucking shit. Like, Star Command was great. It was so good. Also, uh, Shrek. I don't remember. Oh, he was another Captain of the Guard. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy Neutron. Yes, the movie Jimmy Neutron. Oh, Powerpuff Girls. I know. And the, the Mummy TV show. Nah. Do you remember that? No. Because I watched the shit out of that, and he played Imhotep. Wow. Right? I have not seen the show. Highly recommend. Um, but yeah, I don't know, because there's just so much. I didn't want to, like, bog people down, because I already knew I was going way over the time limit that I yeah. had we, We've been... How far in are we now? Uh, about an hour. Yeah. Yeah, so it's been a hot minute. 
That's all right, because you know what time it is. But it's also very fair because I spent almost an hour talking about some whack science last Not three whack episodes. science, fascinating science. It's good science, but... Just a I lot did, of science. I did, there is a lot of it. Though we have been told <laughs> that that is at least one listener's favorite episode. Hey, nice. So that's exciting. All right, so Neil. Yes. Do you know what time it is? I do know what time it is. It's time for the numbers game. Numbers game. It's a numbers game. I like that you joined in. That was Hell delightful. Yeah. All right, friend. Yeah. So... The budget for this film uh-huh. is somewhere between $75 million and $90 million. Yeah. I'm going to... I had already spoiled some of my fun facts, but I'm going to spoil another one. Uh-huh. Originally, this was going to be a live action film. They Whoa. had $30 million spent on this film before they scrapped it, fired the director, and gave it to Animation Studio. So that's why, that's why it's somewhere in there. Okay. So... Let's say, for sake of argument, $75 million. Yep. What do you think all over worldwide gross is for Titan AE in the year 2000? In the year, I'm like 5 million. Oh, it's higher than that. Would you, would you like to guess a, a significantly a, higher? A significant, okay. Well, 20 million. Would you like to guess a higher number? Okay, it makes me feel a little better. Right. 28 million. I'm not going to give it to you, but I will tell you the answer. Okay. $36.7 wow. million. Dollars. All right. So they only million. lost half their money. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's fair. Yeah. And that's, again, not counting the $30 million they spent on the first draft. Yeah. This was also like, I feel like this is the kind of movie that people come back to. Yeah. Later oh, in yeah. life, and they're like, oh shit, this was actually like really good. When this hit video, it's not like an instant cult classic, because that's not how cult classics work, but it has become yeah. a cult classic. I also don't know a ton of people who've actually seen this. Which so. breaks my heart. Everybody, you have to see this film. It's, it's very so good. good. Um, what do you think the domestic gross is? So just U.S. and Canada. Oh, just U.S. and Canada. I would bet that the that that thirty seven million is primarily made up of U.S. and Canada. So I would I would bet it's twenty six million. Ooh, super close. Twenty two point seven. Okay. So right. Yep. Um, what do you think the opening weekend was? Oof, opening how so. 2000. This is mid-June. Mid-June. Yeah, so it's not even like a 4th of July. Summer's out. The kids who are going to want to see this movie are like all like out of school. You can probably go see this. Maybe even see a late showing of it and have like a, you know, yourself a thrilling weekend. Oh, but it's still the early 2000s. Like opening box offices are still not like, not what they used to be. Uh, or not what they're going to be, I should say. They're not like the end-all, be-all of movie. Like, if it, if it, you know, didn't make infinite money opening weekend, it still could do very well. Yeah. Okay, so in today's money, $75 million in two th- in the year 2000 would get you 128, well, call it $129 million. That is so much money. That's a lot of money. Jesus. That's a lot of money. So I'm going to guess opening weekend, they maybe made $3 million. It is higher than that. Okay, seven? Even a little higher. Eleven. Nine 
So okay. somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. Nine, nine 9.3 million dollars, which, you know, not nothing, but no, it's not what they needed. It's disappointing. I wish this could have been this could have been really cool if there had been like if there had been like spinoffs or like, oh, yeah, like. You know, prequels. A prequel to this actually would have been super cool. Of them building Titan. Uh, well, yeah, of them like building Titan. Of like Origins of Dredge. Yeah. And, like, like even a sequel would have been really like would have been doable, but maybe a little harder to sell people on. Ah, uh, if they had a sequel following like the trials and tribulations of one of the um um human caravans coming to Bob. Yeah. Dude. That'd be neat. I- industry. Take that. That's free. You can have it. Just make that movie. <laughs> um, okay, so we're finally at the fun facts area. I mentioned that this used this originally was going to be a live action film. Its title was Planet Ice. Don't know where that came from. Don't really I do know where it came from, but I don't like it. What was it? I have you Okay, you probably don't remember the movie. Been a bit. Yeah. So there is there is a scene in the movie where there is just a metric fuck ton of ice. Mm. Yeah. I don't like that title. Nope. Nope. It's not good. I understand where they got it from. Um oh, the the main song was Over My Head by Lit of my own worst enemy fame. I don't know if you remember that song. I do because I think we watched it. The or song? at least we I sent you the part- music video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I watched the yeah. I watched part of the music. I'm gonna video. add it to the show notes because nice. it's fucking classic. Yeah, it's good. They superimpose the band members' faces over characters in the film. Yeah, it's delightful. Um, so the original director was fired after 18 months of pre-production and production and 30 million dollars that they spent on this. Um, Fox, uh, the it is the first computer animated computer generated animation that um don bluth and uh, goldman had used so that was kind of fun um fox animation closed i had mentioned uh, yep. while they were working on it so it had to be outsourced to other companies which that's not great nope. i'm impressed that they outsourced it and wasn't just like nope fuck it we'll just you know call it good um yeah the chairman of 20th century fox was fired right after it came out bummer like a month um bop, 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 bop. oh the score to this film was finally released to the public in 2014. <laughs> Only 1,500 copies were ever made. Wow. And you can find it, but I'm sure it's fucking expensive. Because again, this is a good movie and people are now discovering that. It is oh the first major motion picture that was screened uh, in a digital cinema. So it was screened oh. at the same time in New York and L.A. L.A. and somewhere. That's cool. Right? So that was that's kind of neat. Here's the movies that beat it in the box office the weekend it was released. Yep. Shaft. Yep. Gone in 60 Seconds. Big Mama's House. Mission Impossible 2. Yeah. So that sucks. Um, it allegedly lost $100 million by itself. That's gnarly. That super sucks. That super sucks. There was going to be a video game, and they mention it at the end of the trailer. Yeah. Totally scrapped after it, it got hit so hard. That's like Treasure Island. Yeah. Treasure Island had an accompanying Did video it? game. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was good. Uh, not Treasure Treasure Planet. Yeah, Treasure no, I, I knew which yeah, one you were talking I, about. Yeah, I don't know how... 
Glad we both knew what I was talking about. I knew about. I was so with you. Remind me to tell you about my uncle who designed um, Long John Silver. He's super cool. We have talked about okay, that. Okay, good. Then I don't need to go over it again. Um, but I'm very excited for that movie. Oh, can we just do animation for like the next four movies? Yes. Uh, yes. Um, bu- 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 oh, there were three tie-in novels. Um, one from Kale's perspective. Yep. One from Akima's perspective. Yep. And one from his dad's perspective. Interesting. Right? Um, according to the novelization, the Dredge Mothership is powered by a captured white dwarf star, and I wanted your reaction. Huh. <laughs> yep. Story checks out. I mean, if you're going to be an intergalactic fairing race of hyper-intelligent war creature, uh, Who's yeah. Who's to say? Who's to say? Might as well. Yeah. They clearly need that much energy. I mean, moving a dwarf star around is tough. It's interesting that they say a white dwarf and not a neutron star. Why? Um, a neutron star, I think by strictly by like volume alone is smaller than a white dwarf, but well, and it would also give off, it would give off more energy than a white dwarf. Uh, but, um, uh, it would also be like significantly heavier. Mm. Probably. So fascinating. Yeah. That's all I got. At least they thought about science in a passing manner. Yeah. No. If any of my planetary astro friends out there can correct me on that, please do. Please do. At uh, Sci-Fi Problem Pod. Uh, on Instagram or Twitter. Yeah. Um, finally, I just, I was so tickled by this. The, a couple other actors who were considered for the role, the Matt, Matt Damon role of Kale. Yeah. Matthew Broderick. Huh. He of the Lion King fame. Yeah. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Fascinating. Would have loved to see that version. And Christopher Reeve. You know who that is? I do. Yeah. Superman. Yeah. I'm into it. Well. I give it a shot. I think they made the right choice. I think Matt Damon is perfect. I agree. Also, um, Fox Animation Studios, they're really their only other movie I mentioned was Anastasia. Yeah. The character design for Kale is absolutely just a copy-paste tracing over of Dimitri from Anastasia. Oh, fascinating. Right? Why don't people do their hair like that anymore? With the down the middle and the kind of heart shape over the face. Oh, it's coming back. No, well, because of BTS, though, not because of great movies like this. Yeah, I don't know. People were just kind of like middle part. Wow, that's so 1800s. So, so cool. And then people nowadays are like, wow, middle part. That's so chic, modern fashion. So rad. I've never seen it before. And low rise jeans and shit. I don't know. So reviews for this film. A little bit. They're fairly steady, but they are a little bit all over the place. So IMDb has it rated at a 6.6 out of 10. Uh-huh. That's not bad, honestly, for IMDb. Nope. Could be a lot worse. Metacritic, the critics have it at 48 out of 100, but the user score is 8.4 out of 10. Yeah, that's, so, that doesn't surprise me. Right? This is the kind of movie that I feel like someone who's like critical of movies would be like, Not a a great movie. Uh, And someone who is like out there watching animated action films is probably like, this is a dope movie. This is fun. 
Uh, Rotten Tomatoes was very similar. The critic review is 50%, and the audience score is 60%. Yeah. On Letterboxd, it's a 3.1 out of 5, so right down the middle there. Wow. Um, the Rotten Tomatoes summary is great visuals, but the story feels like a cut-and-paste job of other sci-fi movies. Yeah, that... I can't think feels... of another sci-fi movie that does this. Like, they're all kind of the same, right? All all stories are the same, if you zoom out yeah. enough. I'd have to I'd have to check, but like a lot of it feels kind of taken from either Star Wars or Star Trek at some level. I'd I'd give you Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah, I'd give you Star Trek. But so expectations wise, uh-huh. Neil. Yes. What are your I'm gonna say story movie expectations? I'm expecting to have fun. Yeah. I'm expecting to enjoy this movie a lot, honestly. Awesome. I remember reading the reading the like associated graphic novel, uh, which was just like a I guess a picture book, um, and uh, as a kid, and I remember watching the movie, and I'm I'm very stoked to uh, to watch this and uh, and enjoy it. I'm so excited. I also expect to absolutely fucking love this film. Yeah. I am- I really hope we don't have another Armageddon. I'm cautiously optimistic because you like this film too. So if we're going down, we're going down together. Look. <laughs> um, what about your science expectations? I'm not expecting a lot. I'm expecting... I remember like a fair number of scenes from the movie and I'm expecting that a lot of it's going to be like kind of space fantasy and then they're gonna throw some science terms around at some point and they're gonna get it all wrong yeah they're gonna get it all wrong um so we'll see what they we'll see how it actually turns out but i'm expecting that this is maybe in terms of like how accurate the science is might even be like not as good as uh was it armageddon no no it was uh uh, event horizon event horizon Geostorm also had a 0.75. Oh, yeah, Geostorm was fucking awful. <laughs> I think <laughs> I it might better be than better that. than Geostorm. We'll I see, hope though. so. But, all right, so, Neil. Yes. Should we go watch a movie? Let's go watch a movie. I'm so excited. All right, we'll be right back, folks. Hi, friends. Okay, we just watched Titan E. Neil! Yes. Neil! Yes? It held up. Surprisingly. Insofar as it was exactly as bad as I remember. Bad in a loving. That's the most loving bad I've ever said in my life. Yeah, yeah. But like the graphics are. Good. Not bad. No, I would even even say that they were good. Yeah. I, I enjoyed watching it. I love this movie so much. I can't. It's. I would say there's when we'll get to it. There's. Some plot issues. Yeah, big time. Big time. There's some potential sexual harassment. Uh, Um, Yeah, the female lead is not written particularly well. No. Uh, Their connection, It's. I'm going to have the same issue with their connection as I did with uh, Armageddon. They never have a conversation, and yet they are in love. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, But some of these action sequences are so cool. And the blend between, and I think this is, Titan A is one of the very first blends of cg and and 2d animation and some of these go so well together i agree the um the gal 
fight in the hydrogen balloons. Yep. Super fucking cool. Yep. The ice crystals. Super fucking cool. Agreed. Oh, my God. Okay. So you sent me all your questions. I sure did. I will answer as many of them as I possibly can. Yes. Um, are there any that are just like, I don't know. Yes. Okay. <laughs> there, are, there are a few of them that I'm like, literally, I have shrug no idea written here. Fantastic, um, yes. So this science corner is going to be a slightly different science corner mm-hmm. because there aren't any like overarching themes that I need to like cover really like in depth anything. Other Mostly, than space exists. Space exists. And then today's Science Corner, which... Science Corner! Here we are. Nice to see you again. (laughs) Um, Is actually going to be what I'm not going to talk about. Excellent. Um, Which is just, we're going to take for granted some of the things that they show us in this movie. Namely, uh, there are a, uh, I guess, alien race... That is composed entirely of energy. Oh, yeah. That's like 70% of my questions. (laughs) That's it. That's the big one. We're just going to assume that that's how it works. I'll I'll run through some of the stuff that we had on it. But if you've got like in-depth questions, for the most part, it's just kind of going to be a shrug. I mean, there's not there's not a lot. Um, And... Uh, I think the second thing that we need to just sort of accept is that there is, like, a space travel and, like, advanced technology. Because they have artificial gravity that is very clearly not generated through rotating motion. Sure is not. There's a machine. Yeah. They've got machines for it. (laughs) How does that work? No idea. (laughs) Unclear. Unclear. (laughs) Um, And then the other thing is... Uh, tractor beams. Oh, yes. There is a couple of instant. Well, yeah, a couple of instances of them using tractor beams in the show or in the movie. And <clears throat> I've kind of given my spiel on tractor beams previously. But Specifically I'm not- in uh, District 9. Yeah. And oh, what was the other one? Ooh. <laughs> we'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. I don't remember which was the other one, but we're just going to take... For granted, the fact that tractor there are tractor beams, they work. they work in this show. It's not, I'll, I'll say up front that there's a lot of physics problems with tractor beams, um, including the fact that if you wanted to lift a human up by a tractor beam, you would probably, oh, it was hitchhikers. Mm-hmm. Nice. Possibly yeah. fifth element as well. Mm, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but suffice it to say that if you wanted to lift a human up with a tractor beam, you would probably end up killing them by ripping out a lot of the molecules in their body and, and leaving behind whatever was left. It would be a nightmare. Not ideal. Not ideal. So however it works, assume that it's roughly the same technology that they use to make artificial gravity in specified locations. Seems reasonable to me. Grand. Any other assumptions? Can we, big, big picture question. Big picture question. Can we terraform a planet out of nothing? Oh, I had a lot of problems with that scene. Cool. Yeah. Um, no. Oh, man. Because, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe this is a good thing to run through in the science corner. Let's talk a little bit about planetary formation in 
the context of like, how did Earth form? Star stuff. Yeah, star stuff. Right. So usually the way that this works is that you've got a large nebula laying around. You can think of nebula as the place where stars are born, because that's what happens. They birth, they birth stars. Uh, nebula are just usually a bunch of gas. Eventually, enough of that gas gets together and has a good time and compresses until it uh, starts to undergo fusion. Nebula and, sex. Yeah, nebula sex. Grand. That's all you had to say. Internal, yeah. Just, yep. Yep. Once the star is formed... Usually what will happen is that there is an accretion disk that starts to form. Sounds dirty. <clears throat> Does it? Accretion disk? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds really dirty. Okay. <laughs> um, but usually there's like a bunch of matter that like starts to spin around the star. And from that matter, there are like some of it ends up in the star, uh, making it, you know, a, a larger star. Some of it ends up forming planets. So that's kind of how like Jupiter was made is like in our solar system, um, the, uh, Earth, the, the, the star soul was formed and then all of the rest of the planets like kind of formed out of the material that was left over from um, forming the star. And the process of like stellar formation uh, or I guess planetary formation takes like on the order of hundreds of millions of years. Mm. So not the if somehow that we see <laughs> if somehow you see in this movie a star being formed at a rate faster than let's say even a million years. Something has gone very terribly awry and someone has taken way too many liberties with their science. Yeah, I would I would hazard a guess. Given no timeline in the actual film, mm -hmm. I think they made a planet and a star in 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's correct. Well, actually, we don't even see them make the star. I don't know where the star comes from. I, I, I also don't know where it comes from. It looks like they just make a planet. And a star just happens to be. And they're they're just near a star somehow. It's very confusing. I don't understand. No. But there um, is enough light for reflection. We'll get into it. It's a whole thing. It's earnestly my favorite scene, so. That's really funny. Um, and then, so, oh, fun facts about uh, our solar system. Jupiter is so large that it is almost a small star. Really? Yeah. Does it produce light? Not quite. Okay. It is on the very edge of sustaining a uh, fusion reaction in its core. Um, and when that happens, usually they just get hot and they emit in the infrared. They don't okay. actually emit in like the visible spectrum because they're not big enough. There's not enough fusionable material to like make the light that we would see from like our star. Right. And Jupiter is quite a bit smaller than our sun. Right? Yeah, it yeah. is it is quite a bit smaller. It's like I think less than 1% yeah. of the size okay. of the sun. Cuz I think you can fit something like I'd have to look it up. It's yeah, a lot of like it's it Jupiter's very large. Let's let's not A lot not, larger than us. Well, way larger than us. Like you can fit like like the storm that rages on Jupiter called the 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 great spot or the big red spot, whatever mm -hmm. they call it. Um you can fit like more than one Earth inside that storm. Jesus. Yeah. 
one and a quarter times. Oh, shit. Yeah, you can fit at least one Earth inside this uh, this storm that's raging on Jupiter. That's fucking crazy. When a, when a planet that's about the size of Jupiter, like, sustains a fusion reaction, but just kind of emits in the, like, dull infrared instead of emitting in the visible spectrum, we call it a brown dwarf. Mm-hmm. And there, it is, it is hypothesized that a great deal of matter in the universe is tied up in brown dwarfs. They're supposed to be remarkably common objects. Supposed to be. Yes. Would you like to elaborate on that? No. <laughs> okay, just want to make sure. <laughs> All right, so things to look out for. There exists a race of electricity. Granted. I didn't say electricity, and neither do they energy. in the show. Sorry. They say energy. There exists a race of energy. Yes. It is actually, if you were to have a race of people that were mostly energy... It would actually make more sense for them to not be electricity mm-hmm. and to be something, if they're going to be very localized, like they're going to hold a physical shape, it would actually make more sense for them to probably be like, um, like strong energy. I don't know what that means. Okay. So you know how a proton is actually just a bag of quarks? Have you ever heard this before? Do you know nope. what a quark is? No. Okay. I know protons, neutrons, and electrons. Excellent. So two of those things are bags of quarks. Great. That's protons and neutrons. Okay. So protons are composite objects. they're together. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Protons are composite objects, so are neutrons. And inside are three quarks. Okay. And quarks are elementary subatomic particles. That's all we need to talk about for now. Good. Uh, But they carry a different kind of charge. Uh as well as electric charge. They carry something called color charge. Oh. Yeah. And the thing that, like, color charge is, like, the force that mediates the color charge or, like, interacts with color charge, we call it the strong nuclear force because it holds all of our nucleus together. Makes sense. Yeah. And it has to be very strong. And it has to be very strong to do that. So... Uh, it turns Science out, is so clever in so many ways and so not clever in so many ways. Yeah, look, physicists, astrophysicists, not particularly clever at naming things. But um, they're straightforward. They are I very direct. Now that you've explained it to me, I understood what you what that means. Yes, yes. So uh, one of the one of the properties of the strong force is that you can have things that are like very close together that can just be there and not hang out. But if they get too far away, then shit hits the fan. Mm-hmm. So it would make more sense, actually, that they were some sort of composite strong force structure. Okay. Um, also because the amount of energy that is available for you to pull from the quote-unquote vacuum, meaning the field that, like, uh, exists that all of this stuff pulls energy from... The energy density of the strong field is actually significantly higher than the energy density of the electromagnetic uh, field um, by about 100 times. Wow. Maybe a little bit more than that. So it could power a, a spaceship. Yeah. I mean, look. Hold. Okay. We'll, we'll get there. I don't want to talk about that yet, but we'll get there. Awesome. 
I have I have a response, but we'll get there. So excited. Okay. Did we miss anything? It's um, been a while since we've done this. It's been a minute. Um, no, so we've got Science Corner. Yep, we we've did got our the short things Science to look Corner. Out for. Yep, things to look out for. I think now it's time for a breakdown of the movie. Excellent. Here we are, Neil. Oh my gosh. When people are not listening to your dulcet tones here. Oh, thanks. Where can they find you? Yeah, folks, if you're not listening to me here, you can listen to me on a D&D podcast, 5e called uh, ba- Bad Rolls Out. And the Bad Rolls is what you do before the podcast starts. Yes, we get the Bad Rolls out before the podcast starts. I love So that, that we have the best possible Only luck. good rolls. Only the good rolls. Except I do, I listen to a handful of episodes and someone, Woo-wee. someone sure did just get five nat ones in a row. I don't, wow. It was like some, some fight of, I don't even know what it is, but... It made me laugh a lot. Yeah. It's a very, it's very fun. It's a, it's a fun mix of like, all of us are like really good friends in, in, you know, outside of the campaign. And so we have like a ton of fun and the GM is just absolutely fantastic. And legit, like the story is. Oh yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's actually bonkers how much work they put into it and how much story building happens. Um, behind the scenes that we don't even get to as players. No, it's oh um, they I you can you can literally <coughs> hear how much work is put into this. It's so much fun. Otherwise, if you're not listening to me on Bad Rules Out or here, you can go find me on Instagram, which is pretty much the only social media that I use. Uh, and that you can find me at at that underscore Higgs underscore guy. H-I-G-G-S that's correct. Uh, and feel free to send me your science questions. Yes. If you've got any wacky, zany, silly questions, or if you've got... Does it like, have to be movie specific? No, it does not. You can, like, I, like, if you are just like, hey, what the heck would happen if this happens? Like, I I would love to uh, give you a, a physics-explained uh, solution. Um, you can find me... Uh, I am on Instagram, but I don't check it. Please don't find me. And then I am also on Twitter at that girly gal, all one word. You can find the podcast. Our email is uh, here's the problem pod at gmail.com. Are you sure it's sci-fi problem pod? Sci-fi problem pod is Instagram and Twitter. Oh, but here's yeah. the problem pod is the email. It's a damn shame we couldn't get those to be the same. That really would have been smart if I had been thinking. I was so proud of myself for getting Instagram and Twitter to be the same. It didn't even dawn on me that the email could be the same, too. Uh, but yeah, uh, like I said, Instagram and Twitter. Sci-Fi Problem Pod. S-C-I-F-I Problem P-O-D. And we are also on Letterboxd. By we, I mean I am also on Letterboxd. Um, you can find me at 2D Fruity, T-U-D-Y-F-R-U-D-Y. I can't change the name, but I don't want to start a new account. So just bear with me. It's 2D Fruity. Um, But it's our logo. You'll be able to find me. And I tag all of the movies that I watch for the podcast with the shit Pewit hashtag. So feel free to follow that. And we will. What a great hashtag. (laughs) It's the fucking best. Ah, it's so good. Anyway. Please also, wherever you are listening to us, rate, review, and subscribe. It is not for our ego, even though it does feel good. Neil, do you know what it's for? 
It's for the almighty algorithm, praise be. Praise be to the algorithm. If you rate, review, and subscribe, we, the algorithm does a magic, and then we get uh, shown to more people, and more people can hang out with us, and we can all have a good time, and we think that would be just grand. Neil. Yeah. Is there anything you would like to say to the fine folks at home before we head out? Um, enjoy your science, folks. Bye.